Hi, I'm James Tager. I'm Deputy Director of Free Expression Research and Policy at PEN America. And uh, recently we put out a report on Chinese governmental influence on Hollywood. And I'm joined by Jonathan Landreth. Hey, I'm Jonathan Landreth. I'm a journalist who's covered the media and culture in China and the United States for over two decades. I was the founding Asia editor of The Hollywood Reporter and was proud to be a researcher on the PEN America report. Yeah, so Jonathan, as as you know, the PEN America report came out in early August, and it's something, it's an issue that has popped up again in a major way with the Disney movie Mulan. Can you walk us through a bit what just happened with Mulan and then give us some of the broader history? Sure. Mulan is a live action remake of a Disney animated classic from the late 90s. It's the Joan of Arc story of a woman warrior who goes to war um, when her father is injured to protect her people and her family. Um, Disney had high hopes that it would bridge the cultural gap between the largest movie market in the world, that of the United States, and um, the uh, soon-to-be largest movie market, that of China. Um, They worked with the Chinese authorities to make this film, and when it was released on Disney+, Plus, uh, some six months after it was supposed to hit theaters, um, but was delayed because of the pandemic, um, it revealed in its credits to uh, thank the Public Security Bureau of Turpan in Xinjiang, the Uyghur Autonomous Region in Western China, where it is reported uh, some one million Muslim minorities are being held in re-education camps by uh, the Chinese government. Um, It's a bit of a PR disaster for Disney, um, which is insult to injury because the film isn't doing very well at the box office in China. It's not the first time Disney's been in hot water in China. I'll rewind quickly to the beginning of the modern movie era in China, 1997, when Martin Scorsese's movie Kundun, about the spiritual leader of Tibet's Buddhists, the Dalai Lama, um, came out. And the Chinese authorities were not happy that um, so celebrated a Hollywood director was making a sympathetic film about this man who they consider to be a splittist um, and uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, At that time, Disney had to hire none other other than Henry Kissinger to get itself out of hot water. Um, And ever since 1997, um, the Chinese state has played divide and conquer among the Hollywood studios. They limit the uh, number of films that come into the market, which has grown from a paltry um, size back then to, you know, an enormous market now. Um, And in dividing and conquering the studios, uh, the studios, in order to compete with one another, have basically chosen to operate from behind a wall of silence where questions from the press about their relationship with China are concerned. So when we did this report, a great number of executives, although they admitted to me um, on background and off the record that uh, the China question comes up in development meetings all the time, nobody would ever talk openly about that and put their name behind it. And they certainly wouldn't um, explain um, the dealings with the Chinese state. 
it's an amazing issue. I'm so grateful that we got to do this report. Um, I'm curious, James, from your perspective as someone who works at Penn, where you are championing free expression um, in literature and arts and film around the world all the time, why is this visible again? And why does it often become invisible, this issue? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question because this is an issue I feel like is iteratively visible, which is to say, you know, every once in a while you'll have these big spikes of press attention to it, such as with the Mulan story, and it'll kind of surge back into public consciousness. And and certainly with the Trump administration, you know, highlighting it as an aspect of their platform for the US-China rivalry, it's it's more consistently in the news. But I often say that this is invisible an invisible issue or semi-visible at best. Because those who know the most about uh, Chinese governmental censorious influence in Hollywood are the same executives that feel no impetus to talk about it. Uh, they see no they see no benefit for them to talking about this publicly. This is these are conversations that happen in small groups in closed rooms and private conversations, and that we feel is, is part of the crux of why it's difficult to solve this. Because uh, if you can't talk about the issue of governmental, uh, Chinese governmental influence over Hollywood in an honest and transparent way, uh, you won't be able to get very far. Jonathan, we're already out of time, so I better just say thank you so much, and we're about to cut off. Thank you.